Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, alongside Johnny Maffey. Johnny, we've had a lot of returning players coming on this podcast so far, and another one joins us in the form of Shea Ryan from the National so- Nashua Silver Knights. Yeah, Owen, thanks for everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. It was great talking to Shea. This is going to be a fun interview, a great interview. He's pitching well this season, and Greg Bozzo said on the Silver Knights podcast that it's his second year, and in a league like this, you know, in Summer Bowl, if you're there for a second year, if you're there for a full season, you're a vet, you know, let alone second year. Shea's coming back for his third year, and um, despite all of, you know, the fun stuff we tried to talk about, he, he talked about, you know, bringing a veteran, you know, he plans on bringing a veteran presence to the Silver Knights, and he has eyes on doing what they did in 2020. Yeah, he wants another ring to add to his 2020 Futures League Championship. Was it hand? Ring to the hand, I guess. Yeah, that makes finger. sense. Yeah. Anyway. Ring on every finger, low cash. Ring on every finger. Uh, Johnny, how many days we got left till the season? 45 days. The Pedro Martinez League's- days. Pedro Martinez days. The league is so, we are so close to another league season. It's funny. I was just talking about Memorial Day with someone. Springs, spring is sprung, kind of. It doesn't feel like it around here, but um, it is spring, and obviously Memorial Day is the unofficial kickoff to summer. And you know what better way to start off Memorial Day weekend than with Thursday night baseball in the Futures League? I just can't wait to break it down. We're gonna uh, we we have a couple more episodes left in this season, maybe, and then we'll get it go. Then it's time to plan. Then it's baseball. Then it's for us for we're playing futures league baseball so um so you know we're it's awesome like i said last week um to see everyone just doing great we talked plenty about you know the futures league guys for the greyhounds for the assumption greyhounds where shea goes to school and uh and it's getting excited 45 days is not that many days is not that many days. We are recording here on Thursday, April 7th. That is Major League Baseball opening day, but we're excited for Futures League opening day and for you guys to hear this interview. So we're going to get you there. Here is Shay Ryan. Let's roll. We're honored to be joined by our next guest. He is a pitcher at Assumption. And it's now his third year as he's returning to the Silver Knights this summer. He was a 2021 or 2020 champ, excuse me. Shay Ryan. Shay, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing great, Shay. Thanks for coming on. First question, we're going to start this one off a little differently. Forget about the Futures League for a sec, because we thought this would be a good question to ask you. What does summer ball mean to you? Uh, summer ball means a lot to me. I think it's just more of like a fun atmosphere, and I feel like it's more like a family-based thing. Get to know a bunch of guys from all over the country. Like I saw, we got a couple guys coming this summer from like Wake Forest, Maryland, and it's cool just to play from like with guys from all different levels. Yeah, and, you know, we can talk about the grand scheme of summer ball all we want, but how, how do you think the Futures League specifically captures that? I think the Futures League captures it very well because we have guys from high D1s to, like, D3s that you never even heard of. Like, there's a couple of schools uh, that guys are coming from this summer going to play for Nashville, and I've never heard of the college before, so I think it's cool. You get to see guys from, like, California, Florida, and then obviously in the New England area, so it kind of just brings it all together. Yeah, and then how about the other aspects you embrace, like off the field? You know, you get to meet these guys that, you know, you not only get to play with and against, you know, guys from Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, BC, you name it, you know, other any 10 schools. But 
you get to know these guys off the field. You're on the bus with them every day. How do you just have fun with it, you know, for 60 games throughout a summer? Uh, I feel like it's always just been like a fun atmosphere. You're playing out in the sun, playing the sport you love. And all the guys are there just to more like have fun. Like obviously the stats matter, but it is summer ball. At the end of the day, you're there to just have fun, meet a gr great group of guys and just try to win games. Yeah, it must have been a lot of fun when you were a 2020 Futures League champion with the Silver Knights, picked up that title, beating Worcester in the improbable summer, as we called it. How did you take that kind of winning atmosphere that you guys developed in Nashua into 2021? And what, what was it like playing last last summer? Uh, I would say winning that championship was a great experience because it was my first year in Nashua. and got to play with a couple guys I grew up with, so it was kind of cool just to, like, play summer ball, win my first, like, real title because I've never won, like, a championship before. So it was kind of cool to be a part of that. And then going into last year, we tried to kind of continue momentum but didn't really work too well. And this year we're hoping to bring back a ring for Nashville to kind of make revenge for the team from last year. So the Super Bowl drought's a real thing then? The, the hangover, excuse me? FCBL championship hangover? Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Just messing around. Hopefully, Coach Jackson, Kyle Jackson doesn't get too mad at me about that one. Uh, back to the spring, you guys had a nice walk-off win Saturday against Franklin Pierce. You guys took three of four from them on the weekend. You went six strong, one earned for the W. Pat Harrington, the Vermont Lake Monsters champ, went game one, got the win. Or you guys won game one. Jack Choate, our strikeout king, and the single-season the single game, excuse me, assumption, strikeout, king, or at least tied for the lead. He only had 14 Ks this time in seven innings, game two. And then you pitched, you pitched game one Sunday. How did that feel to just, you know, you guys all went out there. You guys all know each other. You've been going at this for a while now. How did that feel that this weekend? Uh, this past weekend was very big for us because Franklin Pierce has always beaten us, at least I've heard from the last, like, 10 years. And uh, Coach Rocco said in his – Last decade, he's only won three times total. So it was kind of crazy to take three out of four from them this weekend. And then having, like, the pitching staff we do with Pat, Choate, and me, we're kind of always going to go out there confident and knowing we have a chance to win the game, no matter who we play, if it's Pierce, Snoo, or anybody at that rate. But And then going in when we're up 2-0, it's more relaxing for me just to go out there, trust my stuff, and use my defense behind me. Yeah, that mentality certainly works. So – if you're a Futures League GM and there's a Futures League draft, who are you picking first overall, Schoed or Harrington? This is a tough one. It is. But I'm going to have to go with Choate based off his last two performances because 19 Ks in seven innings is unheard of. And then doing 14 Ks against Pierce is also unbelievable. And I feel like he just has the better, like, stuff, I guess you could say, because low 90s fastball with his changeup is it's pretty unhittable. Well, you can't go wrong with either guy. All right, we'll tell. We won't tell Pat. We'll uh, <laughs> stick with it. No, we love Pat. We had him on over the summer. We gotta have Chode on soon too. All right, sticking with the draft, you need a guy behind the plate too. How about an all Shea Ryan catcher? Who's your favorite guy you've thrown to in the futures league that you'd pick in in your futures draft if you're a GM? This is a tough one. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with Greg Bazo. Because uh, he's coming back this summer, and I kind of have to be on his good side a little bit so he can catch my balls. But Nate Gordonson's a close second because he was my dog last summer. 
Yeah, they both had some cannons last summer behind the plate. They're just working in tandem, throwing guys out. It's hard to run on them. Mm -hmm. That helped me a lot. Yeah, certainly helped a lot of pitchers out. And, you know, we just talked about Harrington and Cho, and obviously you make up a dynamic tandem there at Assumption. What do you guys learn and take away from each other when you watch each other pitch and, you know, give advice to each other when you're on the bench and whatnot? So we kind of feed off each other because we're all pretty confident guys. So we always think we're going to go out there, do our thing, and get the W. But we always, like, help each other, like, between innings. If one of those pitches didn't work, we'd, like, tell them they're either rushing, going too slow with their arm action. Then we always kind of, like, if we have a rough inning, we pick each other up immediately. Like, I would say this past Sunday, that, that one inning where I let up a run, Cho was the first guy out there to say, like, oh, I'm slowing down or rushing a little bit. So we're always, like, picking each other up. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's great, you know, when guys are like in the dugout versus the bullpen or, or however the teams do it, you know, um, sometimes there are too many guys on the roster in the summer to have a, a friend that's a pitcher in the dugout. But that's good to hear. That's good to know. You know, that's all you can ask for as a coach. And I'm sure he's he's happy with you guys, especially after last weekend. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the summer, though, you were uh, teammates with Pat Harrington one summer, but not last summer. You face these guys a lot. You're not in the same dugout. You're not wearing the same jersey. There are a lot of banter back and forth. Are you shouting at them from the dugout when they're on the mound or anything? Oh, yeah. There's definitely some chirps going on during during the game. But usually before and after, we always talk, wish each other good luck if we are the ones that are starting the game. Well, I always – or when I pitched up in Vermont, after I let up a home run, I forget to who it was, every single day now before a game, Pat Liddy goes, you remember that home run you let up in Vermont? I kind of just like – Piss me off a little bit to get me mad to go into the game. It is always fun with him. Is that the best like chirp we can keep PG for the podcast or any other funny ones that you just were on the mound and heard one of your teammates? Just... Uh, I would say that's probably a good one. And then I always get uh, chirped a little bit for my weight sometimes because I got a VLO pouch. So that's always a good one that I hear a couple times. But other than that, those are probably the only PG ones we can say. Long live the VLO pouch. I got one too. <laughs> all right so how do you take a weekend that you just had against franklin pierce into the rest of the month especially in conference play so yeah, this past weekend was really big for us especially because pierce was second we were third in our side of the conference so we knew we had to come out like guns blazing come out hot and we knew if we took at least two or three from them we could compete with anybody and i would say the first three games kind of were easy in a way it felt like it. we were the better team. So going in for the rest of the season, we're going to use that as like momentum. Like we can beat anyone in the any 10 when we play our best stuff. So like going into this weekend against Stonehill, we're fully confident we could go three and one or even sweeping. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that stat. Thanks for bringing that up, that your coach had only beat them uh, three times and you doubled that this weekend. <laughs> um, so that's definitely, you know, awesome from a just, that perspective in general just history just confidence there uh feeling like everything comes together i'm gonna you don't use a wood bat but you certainly benefit from them as a pitcher because they're not metal they're not uh, aluminum but you guys played a game at northboro athletic complex uh baseball complex excuse me a couple weeks ago against snhu where we use metal bats there and i think it should be a wood bat place that is a short porch yeah. and I think what do you think about this and Owen you can answer this too I think wood bats should take over all of college baseball 
I think Woodbed should take over. I think. I mean, if the pros use him, why can't? Why shouldn't we? Because we're one level below. So I mean, and it helps me as a pitcher, obviously. If I throw inside, yes. I can break a couple bats here and there. <laughs> I mean, I I would have said it the same way. Like, if the pros are using it and you guys are preparing to go to the pros, why wouldn't the pros use it? Or why wouldn't you use it? I don't know. I agree. Yeah, especially that. since we're having home run derbies here and kids are just poking them out of Holman easy or or whatever. Insert FCBL stadium name here. Oh yeah. Um, but it, it's funny. You got guys like Carabas who want metal bats. It's like, Oh, we shouldn't even have those at like D three sometimes. No, I think it should be wood. So we talked about a lot of the good pitchers that you, you, your teammates with and yourself, obviously, but another one just recently left in Colt Udoba. He's now with UConn. What's your relationship like with him? And what was it like, you know, hearing he was headed to UConn? Uh, I kind of assumed Cole was going to try and go up a division to go play somewhere. And we knew going into last year, he was going to go play for UConn. And he was always one of those like silent leaders, I guess you could call it. And he always like kind of helped me one-on-one, like wouldn't like put me in front of the whole team or something. Like if I messed up or messed up on a pitch, something like that. But he always was like there for me, like as a freshman, because I was a starter my freshman year and so was he. So he kind of like brought me under his wing a little bit to teach me. I'm hoping the best success for him at UConn this year. Yeah, as are we. We look forward to uh, – we continue to look forward to see how he does. And, you know, in the summer, you were managed by Kyle Jackson. You talked about him earlier. What's it like playing under Kyle? Uh, it's a pretty good experience playing under Kyle. He's one of those, like, more, like, laid-back coaches. Like, he'll let us play our game. As long as we do well, he's happy. And he always kind of keeps the boys, like, in the game because even though it is summer ball – he always just kind of says, do your thing, have fun. If we win, we win. But at the end of the day, it's all about having fun at Summer Bowl. Yeah, definitely, especially the atmosphere that, you know, Cam Cook, the Creedens, Katie Aaron creates at um, at Holman Stadium. All right, we'll give you a sec to think about this one if you need it. Do you have a favorite K-Jack story you can share with us? Favorite K-Jack story? Hmm. Um... Uh, this one isn't that like funny, but I'd say, uh, one day, uh, I was one of the starting pitchers and it was a rainy day or whatever. And I called him if like I had to be there for BP or whatever. And his first response was he had no idea we even had a game that day. He thought we were just, cause it was on a Monday where we normally wouldn't have a game. Basically he didn't know what to get. We had a game that day cause it was a Monday called me, didn't know there was BP or anything. He's like, and just show up as long as you're on time for the game, ready to go. Summer ball, baby. Oh, yeah. He's always a riot, though. Um, so back to Holman Stadium, too. Yeah, we, we got to love Kyle. He's been great to us and, uh, you know, couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, last summer, your pitching coach, Ariel Ramos, he brought up a unique point when we interviewed him on this podcast. He said Holman Stadium is like the Fenway Park of the Futures League. I couldn't agree more. What are your thoughts on that? I also couldn't agree more. I feel like the atmosphere that we bring in Nashville, it's kind of like in like any other. And, you know, like Boston's always known for their chirps, always going at the other team. And especially on Thursday, Thursday, as our fans get pretty wild and the other team does not like to hear it. But I've always loved playing for them. It is basically like Fenway Park. And the fans are always into the game, which is great. So you talk about the atmosphere at Holman Stadium. One way that you guys help kind of liven it up a little bit is the love is gone dance in the sixth inning. And you've been in the bullpen many times and had to, uh, had to participate in that. What are your thoughts? Uh, love is gone is one of those traditions where it's like, 
you either love it or hate it, and you're kind of forced to do it. Because uh, another KJX story, one we didn't do it for a Sunday game, and we got ripped apart because we didn't do it. So now every single one of the bullpen, even if you're – sometimes even if you're starting, you have to – love is gone. So it's always a good time getting the fans going. Hold on, we'll get right back to Back to the Futures. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, so you're not necessarily local to Nashville. You're not a New Hampshire kid, but your grandparents, you told us, live in Hampton Beach. It's not super close to Nashua, but do they make you play there because, you know, it's closer than any other option? Uh, I mean, for me, it's only like 15 minutes because I'm from Chelmsford, Mass. It's only too bad, but they always make the trip out from Hampton because they're all, they're all summer. So whenever I pitch, they make the drive down there and back. But I always knew from uh, the Murphys about Nashua. So I was like, oh, why not try after my freshman year to go play there? I was like, all right, may as well try. Cam brought me on. Now I'm on, about to go on year three. Yeah, I didn't even put two and two together there. That Chelmsford's right there. <laughs> um, that's obviously an easy decision. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Especially during, like, the COVID summer and everything when you could just scoot right over. Oh, yeah, that was easy. 15 minutes away. And it was the only summer ball league playing, so I kind of got lucky with that one. So we've asked a lot of guys about their recruiting journeys, and we'll ask you to why assumption. What made you? What drew you to there, and, and why? How'd you end up there? Uh, I'd say it was a weird process for me, like throughout high school, because I always thought I was going to be like one of those D one guys. But then going through the process, I kind of realized what I'd rather be a reliever on like a D one team or a starter on a D two. And assumption made me feel that like I was going to be a starter right when I got there. Freshman year, I got two starts before the COVID COVID year hit. So, and then Coach Rocco always just seemed like he really wanted me there. I was the only lefty, re- like, recruit he's had in the last couple of years. And uh, Brendan Culler, I don't know if you guys know him. He, he was the main person who recruited me because he was uh, one of my Nor'easters coaches when I was, like, 12. So, he always knew of me and then told me about or told Rocco about me. And now I'm a junior here at Assumption. <laughs> yeah, that was quick, right? Uh-huh. Two starts, and then boom, it's sophomore short in season, and then oopsies, yeah. it's junior year. Yeah, that you, was a tough you one. Still, you still, you're still freshman eligibility-wise, though, technically. Technically, yeah, I am, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's funny. I'm a, I'm a fifth year, and I have two years left after this if I really wanted to, but yeah. it's not going to happen. I think that's crazy. People can be like 25, 26 still playing college baseball if they wanted to. No, not that old yet, but <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's funny. Um. 
from a right, I don't know if you'll appreciate this as much, but from a right-handed pitcher perspective, that's been on a staff with a majority of righties throughout my college career. It's awesome bringing a lefty in because you're like, oh, that's fresh and new. So it's yeah. funny that you mentioned he was like your only, you're his only lefty recruit. Was that like something you noticed? I, I did notice that, yeah, because uh, not all the whole staff was all righties my freshman year, but then we got two walk-ons that are actually in my grade that ended up being lefties. Now Jack Choate, who was a walk-on, which mm-hmm. I still don't oh, yeah. know how. I don't know how he didn't get <laughs> recruited by anybody being a six, eight lefty, but it was weird kind of being like the only like lefty that at least on the staff before those two walked on like the end of the fall. It's like, yeah, your number's going to get called. You, you know, you, you got to work the matchups once in a while. Oh yeah. We like with uh, Pat, we always go uh, one of my roommates, Corey, who's a lefty right after him. And then Cho, we always go righty after him. Just like kind of do the, the matchups once like the, our pitch count gets up. I don't want to pitch after Choate if I'm a righty or lefty or whatever. I don't. <laughs> well, we haven't needed automatically. to do that <laughs> I was just going to say, you yeah, literally seriously. haven't needed to do That's that. Good. <laughs> That's the strategy. Nobody pitches after him. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably better. Let him go all seven. Yeah, absolutely. Got pretty loud. We saw the videos of that walk-off Saturday. Is that the loudest assumption's ever been since you've been there? Uh, yeah, because uh, that was our my fifth home game ever because freshman year COVID hit and the last year we didn't have any home series because our president didn't allow fans and we didn't allow the other team for the first couple of times. So the only time we had fans last year was the snoo series. So we had three games, no fans, just playing baseball. So this year we finally got fans place was packed because everyone finally was like, Oh, there's a baseball game. We can go watch. And then there's a dorm building right behind home plate. So everyone was watching from their dorms in the stands. And then when the walk, walk off happened, the place erupted. Yeah. I've been to your field there, but the dorms are perfectly pr- placed. It's like, it's like, you know, when a field has a good parking garage in the outfield and fans yeah, just exactly. get rowdy up there. It, did the Holman crowds prepare you for, you know, loud days with lots of fans and that big atmosphere? Oh yeah. Holman fans definitely get rowdy, especially thirsty Thursdays. Cause we have some very loyal fans. Like as you know, mad dog, mad dog always gets rowdy no matter what. And then especially on Thursday with a couple in them, he goes a little crazy. Uh, always love playing with Holman. It's always a loud atmosphere. Makes it more fun. Yeah. Holman stadium and among other futures league stadiums that bring the noise during the summer. And we mentioned it obviously off the top, you are back for the 2022 season. What are you looking forward to most? I'm looking forward to kind of bringing like a sort of veteran leadership back to Nashville because uh, Cam and K Jackson said, I'm going to be one of the starters in the rotation to start the year. And I've talked to a bunch of the guys that are returning and a couple of guys that I know from playing like AU baseball, trial baseball. And we kind of understand like, this is kind of like a ring season. We kind of want to prove ourselves from last year because we started off nine and 24 last year and then ended up almost fighting for a playoff spot. So I kind of want to continue that momentum with the guys from last year and kind of bring that like veteran presence to show Nashville's like back in a title contention. Um, so I, obviously I've been with the league for the pretty much the same amount of time as you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was this the first summer that you'll be starting in Nashua or did you start last year a little bit? So I was a reliever to start last year. And then at the end of the year, I think I got five starts. 
again, July to August, but this is the first year, like I'll be part of the rotation from the jump. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. We can't wait to see that. Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company, Zorian Back Company, in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And we now move on to our final segment here. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality, innovative design since 1993. So, Shay, we got a few more questions for audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah, it's perfect. All right, let's roll. First one right off the bat, always the hardest. Favorite teammate that you've played with in Nashua? Oof. That's a tough one. Yep. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Nick Perkins. He's the pride of Nashua. I played with him my whole three years. I grew a great bond with him. I still contact him here and there. But he always made me laugh no matter what throughout the day. Nick Perkins, the face of Nashville. I like that nickname. Now, what about walk-up music? What's blaring at Assumption or at Nashua this summer? Well, so last year I tried to do Gotta uh, or Can't Have Everything by Drake, but Katie said I couldn't because I had a swear. But I found a clean version, so that will be my walk-up this summer if she lets me. And that's what it is right now for Assumption. Awesome. And then we've asked a lot of players this on Quick Hits as well, but as a le- especially as a lefty, are there any big league players that you look up to? Oh, uh, well, he's not a lefty, but I look up to Marcus Stroman the most because I've always been kind of doubted because of my height. I'm only 5'10". It's not like the hardest throwing pitcher. And he always made it seem like, how, like his motto, height doesn't measure heart. So I kind of just think use him as my motivation. To prove to everyone I could be a starter in my height, throwing mid-80s. HDMH, shout out to one of my teammates, Matt Freire. He's got that as a tattoo. Yeah. I thought about getting that as a tattoo. I haven't yet, but we'll see. Stroman's definitely a guy that uh, a lot of, he has a lot of super fans, definitely. Uh, what about what's on your sports bucket list? Uh, sports bucket list would be try and go to all 30 stadiums. That would, that'll take a while. But then I also want to go to a World Series game. I've been to a couple of Red Sox, like divisional round, conference round, all that stuff. But I kind of wanted to see, like, the full atmosphere of World Series at Fenway. And what about a favorite stadium you've ever played at? Uh, I would say Polar Park because uh, that was my only start last year was at Polar Park. The atmosphere was insane. field's gorgeous. And we actually are playing that this weekend, too. And if the rain holds off, I'm supposed to pitch there again, but we'll see. Yeah, you got a set against Stonehill Saturday, right? That's what the – if Mother Nature allows. I hope so. Well, actually, people listening to this, it'll be two days ago. But well, good luck. We'll, we'll, thank you, uh, thank you. Appreciate we'll, we'll update them all on Twitter. Uh, what about last question of our quick hit segment presented by Zephyr? What is a favorite all-time baseball memory? say my favorite all-time memory would probably uh I'd say throwing a no-hitter on my senior night which is pretty cool because uh 
my whole like senior class, I grew up playing with them. All one through nine were all starters, all seniors. So it was kind of cool just to play in front of the town, wear the maroon and white one last time, and ended up coming out on top throwing a no-no. Yeah, that's a good way to go out, I think. I think that's a good way to cap it all off. I'd say so. And before we sign off, how about a message to Silver Knight fans as you are back for 2022? I'd say a message for Silver Knights fans would be, remember 2020, it's going to happen again. The boys are all happy, ready to go, and we're kind of looking for revenge. We're ready to get that championship back in Nashua. Nashua is looking. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Looking for revenge, looking for another championship. Shay, that's all we got for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with everything. We can't wait to see you this summer in Nashua. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Shay. Gotcha. And this has been episode 11 of season four of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.